Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. Now, most entrepreneurs and investors believe that you just have to find the right skills and trust your gut, hoping that the person works out. The consequences of this thinking result in countless sleepless nights, missing project deadlines, unstable mental health, increased capital burn, and ultimately company failure, which is not good for investors, leaders, or the people who follow us. So here's the truth. There is a right way to hire. It just requires that you learn from your peers who come on to share their hiring successes. They have all developed a structure and a process that allows them to stand out from their competitors. Lead a person through an impressive process that allows you to gain evidence of impact and you will build an amazing team. Hi, I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win the strongest hires by sharing insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Mr. Darian Michael. He is the co-founder and CEO of Qualify, a SaaS platform that empowers the fastest phone interview experience in the world and helps recruiting teams hire great candidates faster than ever before. Now, Darian graduated from Indiana Weisslin University in 2013 with a bachelor's degree in entrepreneurship and finance. Darian was a two-sport athlete in both basketball and track and field and was a national champion in the long jump. Very impressive, man. He is based in Indianapolis area and is a dedicated husband and father of three very cute kids. Darian is building a ridiculously successful business right now because he is living it. He has actually gone through a lot of the growing pains and he's conquered them, which is what makes Darian the perfect expert for today's topic. Darian, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Hey, thanks for having me, Rick. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, man. So we're going to conquer a couple of things. This is kind of a recurring subject. We do it quite often, but I figured if we beat people over the head with it enough, people will start to listen. And then it puts us in a situation where we can share in some of the successes of other people's startups that are going through some of the growing pains. So we're going to talk about why it's important to care about your interview structure and put one in place. And then Darian's going to share with us his two components that he uses within Qualified that has enabled him to be super successful in hiring the strongest people. Sound like a plan? Sounds great. All right, yeah, let's do that. Repetition is the key to learning, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, so let's talk about some of the challenges you have had as an entrepreneur. Now, is Qualify your first venture or... Yeah. So this is like, I always like to tell people, so yeah, I graduated in 2013. This is my third, I like to say big boy job out of college. So I started off in the corporate world and the accounting side. And then soon after left to join a friend of mine at a company that was basically a rocket ship. We were also very space themed and that was more of a startup company. So this is my second startup and I was at another startup prior to this. Very cool. So let's talk about some of the hiring challenges you've had as an entrepreneur. What are you seeing and what have you experienced so far? Yeah, there's been been quite a bit, both good and bad. So I'll go with the most recent challenges. Just being a small team has been really challenging. We've gone from just this year, the three other co-founders, we've gone from two of us being full-time at the beginning of the year to now all four co-founders being on board. And we're about to be at 13 employees here actually next week. So 
everything's relative, but we've experienced a decent amount of growth over the course of this year. And that doesn't come without its, you know, share challenges. So far it's gone really well. I think we've brought on really great folks. No one's left the team out of our choice or out of their choice, but it's still been pretty challenging just with time commitments and everything is a priority, it seems like in a startup. And so there's a lot of things that you have to manage, you know, in terms of time and prioritization. Uh, but prior to this, there's definitely a lot of challenges. We went at my last company, the founder and I, to over 70 people on the team full-time within about three years. And that sort of growth doesn't happen without share of challenges. We made a lot of really good hires. There's also tough to find people and folks that ultimately didn't turn out to be the best fits for you know our organization. And you have to make those tough decisions. And there's a lot of learning curves that comes with that, especially being a young, younger executive like myself and the CEO as well. All right, let's talk about today. I'm getting a lot of complaints. We can't find people. Nobody wants to work. People are lazy. Everybody's sitting around <laughs> waiting for something to happen, which may or may not be true. But what are you finding to be the most difficult challenges right now in hiring? Yeah, I'd say like what we're seeing across the board and for context, we are actively recruiting for our own hires. And then as a company, we help people do hiring better. And so both from our standpoint and through the eyes of our customers, what we're seeing is that candidates have no shortage of options these days. So that's one of the big ones is that they have more options. It's definitely more of a candidate-centered market right now. And so that lends itself to these different challenges and that recruiters are coming up against, whether it be shortages or how they can make themselves more competitive in the eyes of their candidates in terms of attraction and getting them through the process. And so before it was just you're recruiting locally and now the competition field is starting to grow regionally, nationally, and in some cases globally. globally. Yeah. And so you have to think in that context in terms of how do we stand out as an organization and how do we set ourselves up to be more successful. So that's a really key point. Standing out is super important. I think that you can demonstrate that you stand out by not doing the same interview process as everybody else. Having something that's a little bit more centric to that human that you're trying to recruit definitely sets you aside from the big boys, the people with the big fat paychecks, but also sets you aside from most of your competitors who kind of treat this whole process as a transaction. Yeah. hundred percent. We've gotten really great feedback during our interview process, obviously both on, you know, through the eyes of our customers, obviously, but more so speaking about the candidates that have come through, both the folks that we've hired and the folks that we ultimately decided to pass on. For the most part, they've given us all really solid feedback. And I think it's because we are, even as a small company, we have put a lot of care into how we approach those interviews, we recognize that the interview is a lot of things. In part, it is a transaction where you're trying to gather information to make a decision, but that's also an experience that that candidate is going through. And yeah. so it reflects on your brand as a company, their perception of you as they leave that situation. And so, and that is the most important thing that you have to realize that it is an experience that. If you leave the wrong taste in somebody's mouth, it's not going to be shared. Yeah. Well. Like you said, trying to gather information. In some ways, you're also trying to sell yourself as a company. But if it doesn't lead to hiring, like that person is out in the wild now. Like, what are they going to say about you to other folks, you know, based on that experience? Are they going to recommend other colleagues of theirs check you out or show interest? We've had people that we passed on that have referred us 
new candidates. And I think that reflects well on us, you know, in terms of how we go about the interview process and how we think about navigating with candidates through not just the interview, but with the entire experience. So by the way, that's a, a super strong point. If you give somebody a really strong experience, even if you pass on them, then they're going to refer you people that might fit your company better. If you're not getting those, then you're not giving people a good enough experience. 100%. That's such a good nugget there, Darian. Like, I hope that people soak this in because, again, the referral channel is the most powerful channel. You've got a bit of a relationship that you've developed with somebody and, okay, so they're not going to fit. You both agree on it. It was a good experience. Maybe you've helped them to get on the path of finding the right thing for them. And then they, they mentioned two or three people's names that are strong people. And then boom, next thing you know, you've got your next one or two hires. Yeah. And the acquisition costs for that candidate are minimal. You're not throwing things out on job boards, which have over 10 million job <laughs> postings on them right now. You know, for some position, that could be a huge difference maker because obviously there's some roles where you're going to receive plenty of applicants. A lot of them can be quality, you know, just through job boards and postings, but there's a lot that, you know, you're going to post a job, you might get a few that trickle in and most of the time they're not going to be the quality ones that you might be looking for. And so the sourcing is important and through that sourcing and through those interactions, finding those intro paths and connecting points to folks that may or may not even be looking, but might be interested if they had the chance to interact with you and your organization. So we treat that with high priority, especially yeah. as a recruiting company. You know, we want to try to consistently improve on our process. And um, like I said, I think it reflects on our brand, you know, how we approach recruiting. Yeah, the, you definitely are under more of a microscope since you are a recruiting <laughs> yeah. company. You better have good people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, I feel that same pressure. I'm right there. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, hope, I hope so. All right. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerardin. For our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find a link to Healing Career Wounds, which is your startup secret weapon to hiring the strongest people. Our guest today is Darian Michael. He is the co-founder and CEO of Qualify. Which, by the way, I love your logo. So you went from spaceship to koala bear, which is like way cuter. Yeah, of course. yeah. <laughs> and we're discussing really a successful hiring structure. I mean, this is a bit of a case study you're sharing with us. You're going to share with us what works now. And we're going to delve in a little bit deeper so that others can learn from you. How have you solved some of the challenges? We did talk about experience, which that's a huge piece of it. But start from the beginning. So give you a little bit of context on how I even got into this world of recruiting and HR. When I was at my previous company, we were, like I said, fast growth. I'm more of an operationally oriented person. So I started to take over the finance side. I love numbers, spreadsheets and all that sort of stuff. And then I started to take over like the general admin legal responsibilities. And then really, as we started to bring more people on into the mix, HR and recruiting fell into my lap. And I just found one how cumbersome it can be in terms of managing all these different tasks. HR and recruiting separately are each can individually be full-time roles, as we know. And one of the things I noticed is I was trying to put structure into place. What's the easiest way for me to create a system? I asked the same sort of questions at the phone screening level. And that's kind of where these aha moments came about in terms of me leading towards the path of like the idea behind Qualify. Like I said, the first aha moment is like, all right, 
it might make sense to start being consistent in how I interview candidates, you know, even at the phone interview level. So like I said, I had a set of seven questions that I tended to ask every candidate, um, regardless of their role. And that was the basic building blocks for the path that we're headed down now um, with Qualify. In your brain, you, you like to systematize everything. Yes. I love structure. I think it creates freedom as oxymoronic as that sounds. And so I love systematizing things. Sometimes I overcook things when building too much into it. So I have to like pull myself back, but I do love putting structure into place. I'm going to totally quote you on that one. Structure creates freedom. So then why are our peers so resistant to having structure in place, especially when it comes yeah. to a hiring process? So it feels like it's duct tape. One, it's not something that's taught. Like, you know, I had to learn from other folks through Google searches and figure some of these things out. So it's not something that you learn in school or any real business school. This is one of the most important things that any company does, but it's not something that's taught. Yeah. If it is taught, it's not usually taught super well. And it leads people to think that they have like this keen way of viewing the world, viewing people, and they have like this unique way of analyzing things. And so they feel like their questions, they can kind of take things on the fly. It doesn't always work that way. And a lot of the research showcases that. And so what we are trying to do, what we're trying to help people do is kind of get out of their own way and create more structure that other people, it becomes repeatable. So as you bring new folks into the organization, it's something that you can hand over. Again, it can, like I said, help you get out of your own way. So that way you can start to iterate, build better processes and measure what is successful. All right, cool. So let's talk about your two-step process. Where do we start? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us, for me, and again, like we're a growing company, so this isn't a perfect science yet, but really being proactive. One of the things that has been a challenge that we are trying to overcome is knowing who we need to hire by when. So that way, when that win happens, we're not behind the eight ball. Wait, you mean you don't wait until some event happens where you're like, oh shit, I need somebody yesterday? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For instance, we just hired a customer success person who's onboarded now doing really great. And we're probably a little ahead of when we needed to hire that person, but we are preparing for a lot of growth as a company. And so it's better to have that person onboarded, ready to help customers before we hit a huge wave of new folks that are joining the platform, run into issues, and we're all scrambling to figure out what happens next. Or how do we handle these tickets or how do we handle these potentially upset customers? It's helping us to put that structure in place ahead of time. Uh, but there's some positions, especially that are really difficult to hire for. And so Unless you are proactive, then you might say, oh, we need to hire, you know, this software engineer next month. Let's start a couple weeks away from that. And you're like, oh, this is a little bit harder than I thought. Some roles require a lot more intentional time, intentional sourcing and nurturing relationships before you can make those hires. And so when you know farther ahead, you can start to find those candidates, start working those relationships and be more ready to land that candidate on time as opposed to later than you are hoping for. Now, as a CEO, one of the things I've done personally and I've helped coach some of my clients to do is, you know you're going to need these positions down the road. Start building a list of people and start mm -hmm. developing those relationships early so yes. that when that role does become necessary, it's a bunch of really easy phone calls that you can make to talk about timing and whether or not those people are in a situation where you can provide growth to them at this point. 
if you wait, then it starts to become that more transactional thing where it's like, I need you to do this job. And it's like more of like a cold sell as opposed to if you are building a relationship long-term, it's more authentic, it's more organic. You hopefully build a better rapport and you might understand that candidate a little bit better and where you both feel comfortable about pulling the trigger and making that decision for them to leave their job and come join yours. That's a big ask. And so it's hard to do that in a very compressed time period unless you've built that relationship up. It's like yeah. speed dating versus a normal date, right? So you're not going to ask somebody to get married to you right after a speed date, right? But that's kind of what we're asking people to do. <laughs> yeah. What we try to like talk about often is hiring is such an emotional decision. This is where they're going to spend their time. They're going to build relationships. It's a huge emotional decision um, and a really big deal, obviously. And so we have to approach it with that in mind. Most definitely. So you're being proactive. You're planning, essentially. That's really the first phase is just planning. Taking the time, lay out your roadmap first. Yeah. So like for us, it's understanding it. And this is in the context of we're a venture-backed startup. So we are very growth-oriented. We're trying to hit you know certain objectives, certain milestones, product-wise, revenue-wise. And we're trying to understand financially, like budget-wise, like what does that mean? What are these people going to bring to the table? What are they going to bring to the bottom line, both from a cost standpoint and from hopefully revenue driving standpoint? And so understanding those different mechanisms is important. Like I said, I love spreadsheets. I love diving into models and, and plotting out where we hope to be, who we hope to add by what point in time. And so I think that's what I'm getting at when I talk about the planning aspect is that full circle around it. All right, cool. So we've planned. Now let's talk about the approach. So yeah. you and I had talked offline. Structure is pretty much everything, right? Structure is freedom. Yeah. So we've done the planning. Let's talk about the interview process itself. What components do you need to put in there in order for you to be successful? It goes a little bit back to planning, but more specifically planning out what is this process going to look like for this specific role? How are we going to navigate the candidates through it? We believe that speed is a big factor in how we approach hiring. And so we are trying to, one, get out of our own way. We use our own tool at the screening step to help automate some aspects of this, also to give our candidates a taste of what we do as a company, but it also helps us to get more context on, on these candidates. So backing up a bit, what we try to do is as a team decide on, all right, what are the steps of this hiring process? Are we going to do a phone screen? Do the hiring managers need to have any one-on-one -on -one time with this candidate? Are we doing a panel interview? Is there any homework or assignments that we want to test their skills or get a gauge on how they work? So we try to map out what those steps look like and that before we even kick off. So having a game plan before we even kick off, before we post a job. So that way when candidates start coming in, we know exactly what we're going to do and we have uh, the right people internally prepared to set aside time to do interviews or to work with these candidates throughout that process. Lay out for me the steps of your interview process then. Yeah. So for us, it's relatively short. So we are posting jobs 
primarily we've used ZipRecruiter. It's not a sponsor shout out or anything like that, but we use a job board to post jobs. And we also actively source candidates once that job is posted. And so we try to get as many candidates that we feel are high quality at that first step. And then, like I said, we use our own tool. So we use our automated phone screening tool to send these invites. We prepare the candidate. We let them know like, hey, you'll receive an invite to respond to this um, automated phone interview that we've personally pre-recorded questions using our own voice for. Um, and so they will respond to a series of questions. Usually it's about seven to 10 questions. So it's really short and easy for them to respond to. But it gives us a lot of insight into their experience, a lot of the logistical questions that we need to know in terms of their start time, potential compensation asks, and more insight into how they might fit into our work environment, and then also ability for them to ask any questions of us. And so we take that, we assess those candidates, rate our top, usually it's around five to eight maybe, and we bring them into our live interview, which is usually a panel virtual hour to an hour and a half. We're really specific about this as well. We pre-script all of the questions that every candidate gets asked. And so we have before, again, before the process is kicked off, we've planned out what are the questions that we are going to ask these candidates. And some are the same across the board. Every candidate is going to get these. They might be, again, kind of culture, work Ooh, environment type. Say that again. You pre-plan out your questions. So everybody gets yes. asked the same questions. It's not 15 minutes of talking about baseball. Yeah, and hear that out. Like every step of the way, both the phone screen, they're getting the same question asked the same way each time, every candidate. And at both steps, it helps us to more accurately compare on an apples to apples basis. If every candidate's getting a slightly different experience, one, it's a little bit unfair. It's a lot unfair. Yeah, it's very unfair. Like you're going to lead candidates down different paths. And for you as the recruiter or the person doing the hiring, it makes it really difficult to assess those candidates without having your own bias creep in more than it should. There's two things I really like about this. One, you're automated. So you're able to actually give everybody that experience. And two, if you're able to extract all that data from everybody, you're really getting a deeper level understanding of who the people are, as opposed to like what happens typically in a phone screen, which is, hey, you know, let me sell you a bunch of my company and why we're great. And then, oh, by the way, how many years of skills do you have with X? And then can you come in an interview on this day? And oh, by the way, how much money are you looking to make? And it's like the same as everybody else. So it doesn't differentiate you in any sort of way. It doesn't help your company to stand out. And that's what like we've gotten really great feedback when I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, how we've gotten really positive feedback. It's because our interview, especially the live interview, is definitely different than most people have experienced, but they appreciate it. They feel like it's more fair. They feel like they're getting an equal shot. And forewarning, it is a little bit more awkward. It's when we tell them that at the top of the, like at the very beginning of the interview, we say, hey, we do this specific style of interviewing. It's pre-scripted. We take notes live you will see us pause and take those notes. It's not you, it's us. But so we let them know that ahead of time. Preparation's another key component too. If you're prepping people for what to expect in the interview, they're going to feel that much better about being there. They're going to come in, they're going to understand what to expect. And you're going to get a much more truer self than, yeah, just come in and we'll figure out what we're going to ask you. There's a lot of anxiety that happens for candidates. And I think candidates will ghost companies and not show up for interviews when that anxiety kicks in. 
Like I have to go oh, yeah. do an interview and I have no idea what they're going to ask me or how. And <laughs> I don't feel like getting rejected today and I haven't had my coffee. So I'm just going to not show up. No, that's real. That, so that it is. And, it, and when you actually prepare people for what's going to happen, they're much more comfortable and you get the truth, which is the most important thing to get out of an interview. 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right, shoot. We're getting pretty close on time. Give me two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that can plug into the business today. Yeah, I would say the planning aspect. Like people think that automating things removes the personality. Like I said, like the structure can create that freedom. And what I would encourage everyone to do is really think ahead. Think about your business as entrepreneurs. Think about where you want to be next month next quarter, next year, and beyond, where the gaps in your organization, the skills that you need to fill and start plotting out the right hires that you're going to need to get to those objectives and those goals. Yeah, you better get ahead of that. <laughs> yeah, be proactive. Uh, that's not anything new. I'm sure you guys heard that, but in the world of hiring, it can make a huge difference when you're on top of it and have it scheduled out. The other one is, yeah, don't be afraid to really script out your questions. This is something you can take and it's very simple. You don't need any fancy software. We use a simple Google sheet. We've, you know, source questions. We have our own questions, plot them in a spreadsheet, have a column for the question, a column for the notes, and then you can have different criteria of what you're looking for in those answers. And you can basically rank the quality of the responses live or, after, or based on your notes. Another thing I forgot to mention is we get their permission to record both the phone interview, obviously, and then also uh, the live interview because sometimes your live moment might bias you. And so it's, it helps you to be able to go back and reference to clarify like, oh, did he actually say this or did he mean this? It helps you to be able to truly get the accurate, get the truth, like you said. Yeah, that's so. a hugely valuable tool to record. And you know what? I'm going to throw in a shameless plug if you don't know what to ask. I have some information right here that can help you. There you go. <laughs> All right, shoot, man. Darian, thanks so much for your time and investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, how can members of the audience find you, qualify, all that good stuff? Fill us in. Yeah, it's qualify. You can see if you're, if you're watching live, you can see Q-U-A-L-I-F-I dot H-R. So qualify dot H-R. You can find us there. We'd love for you guys to reach out on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. I think I'm one of one in the world. So Darian Michael should be easy to find me. And I think it'll be in the show notes as well. It'll definitely be in the show notes. Well, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, view, and share. After all, the show's for you, and we want to make sure that we continue to make it better. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rick at stridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Vincent Kimura. Vincent is the founder and CEO of Smart Yields. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Giraud.